Amen. What a precious message in that song. Because that's what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for those who will follow him. And boy, isn't it easy to follow when everything's comfortable and great. But that's not what the message is in that song. It's following him all the way through thick and thin and through everything. And praise God. Thank you, Jenny. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that as those who have been redeemed, we can have that opportunity to follow you, and we praise you that today you've consistently just helped us and pointed directions to us so that we can stay on the path, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, that this message, Lord, would encourage believers to follow you more. And those that don't know you, we pray that they would make a decision to follow you today. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. This message is a very encouraging message for me. And I hope it's very encouraging for you. It's titled Faith Tested. And, you know, you think about why does the Lord make such a big deal about faith? And since it is a big deal, because it is a big deal to God, it's a big deal, faith. How and why does the Lord use faith to test? And he tests our faith because he wants to increase our faith. And there's nothing like a good story to hammer down any blessing in any scripture and I've been meditating on this section of, of, of the scriptures because it's, it's such a wonderful story about Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary. And it's a beautiful story. And it says that they were really affectionate towards the Lord. And, and if you read the scriptures, it says that they were, one writer says they were favored by him and they frequently were in his company. And he was the master of their lives. And he had a special place in their hearts. And some say he had a special place in their homes that when he came and dined with them, they would have like a nice chamber for him where he would have a little candlestick or candlelight and he would just sit there and be able to meditate. And they provided him with a beautiful, beautiful scrumptious feast from time to time because their relationship with him was so precious. So he gained a strong relationship with them and they loved Jesus so much. They loved him deeply. But you know, as times kind of mature, affliction comes on all of us. Those that he loved aren't really left out of that picture as well. Those that are really close to him, he doesn't say, I'm going to leave you out of the, the formula of faith being tested. So there came a time when Lazarus sickened. He became ill. 
And you know, it's a beautiful thing because of their closeness with Lazarus and their close relationship with the, the father and Jesus. He was their friend. And you think about it. They had spent a lot of time with him. So what do they do? And if we go to John chapter 11, we're just going to touch on a few verses. But the first thing they, they, they do is they send a message to him. So go to cha John chapter 11. And you can just have the scriptures available to you as we kind of open them up a little. And it says that they sent the message to Jesus. He was the first one that came to their mind when their brother was sick. And he hears the message. And he sends back an answer to comfort them. He said the, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified. He sends them a message. He says to them, he's not going to die, but for the glory of God, he's going to be blessed. Now, you think about it now. What do you think went on with them when they got the message back from Jesus? He's not going to die. Everything's going to be fine, which if you really understand the relationship, and we have that kind of relationship with the Lord, when we're really close to him, and we're really tight with him, and we really meditate on the promises, we can actually feel comforted by the fact that God's going to come through in the way that we think. And you think about it, as he sends back the message, you think about Lazarus, you think about Martha and Mary, and you think about their conversations with him. They were different. They were encouraged. They were weeping about his ailment because the physicians couldn't heal their brother. And they loved their brother. They were very close to him. And then you think about Lazarus, how things started to mature. That Lazarus started getting worse. And Martha and Mary are sitting there and they're encouraging him. The Savior, our friend, he says, you're not going to die. It's going to be fine. And then he worsens. And they're still encouraging him. They had to. They loved Jesus. They trusted him. But their faith at this moment was being tested, and they didn't know that. So he died. He passed away. What did they say then? What was going on in Martha's heart and Mary's heart? You think they said, why didn't he come? What happened? He promised he was coming. Why did he tarry so long? What took him so long to come? How can his words be true? What's happening? She was sitting up every night, Martha, with him, weeping watching her brother slowly passing away. 
Why didn't he come? What is Jesus doing? Martha probably said. I'm willing to serve him. How come he's not serving me? Think about that this morning. Faith tested. Now today we're going to deal with just three issues. And I want you to just think about it. This is interesting to see the story. Because the first thing that happens is I want you to think about the apostles. And you think about the faith of the apostles. Because they were viewing this. But I read something that Spurgeon had wrote, and it's kind of interesting because he talked about, as believers, what we have to deal with and how our faith needs to be tested. He said, here in Marvel, Martha and Mary were weeping their eyes out of sorrow for their friend. However, we may rest assured that Jesus knew what was happening. And he says one point to the apostles, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Christ was not glad because of sorrow, but only on the account of the result of it. He knew that the temporary trial would help his disciples to a greater faith and he prizes their growth, and he says, I'm glad. Now, I feel kind of overwhelmed giving this message, and they said that Spurgeon, when he was a young preacher, he was up there giving a message on being faithful and dealing with trials. And he says as his grandfather was behind him, and his grandfather came up as he started, and he says, my grandson can preach this matter of theory, but I can tell you as a matter of experience, for I have done business upon the great waters and have seen the works of the Lord for myself. And there's a lot in that. So I want you to think about it today. Let's go to chapter 11. And I want you to think about the, the first group. And that first group is the apostles. How it helped their faith. And you think about the apostles and you think initially the apostles were called. And they were called by the Lord Jesus. And he said to him, them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. And that was the calling to them. And as Jesus was showing them and teaching them, he was showing them that the importance of being fishermen of men was to grow in their faith. And at one point, it says, the apostle said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. 
And what did he do? He did that. He did that through this, these verses. And if you read the verses, it's very, very incredible how it shows that the Lord says to the apostles in verse 3, he says, the sisters sent him a message. And verse 4 says, but Jesus heard it and says, the sickness is not unto death before the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified. And then he tells them, let's go up to Judea. And there's a little dialogue there, and then the Lord points out to them that I'm glad in verse 15. He says, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe but let us go to them. These are apostles. These are the ones that were following Jesus. These are the ones that God says, I'm calling you to be part of a master work, a great work. And in order for you to be part of that great work, I must prepare you. And I must prepare you in the fire. And he was preparing them in the fire. He told them that for their sakes I was not there because I wanted to increase your faith. How's your faith today? Because God looks at us as his believers and those that are close to him and he says that I want you to be strong in the word. I want to use you in a great way. I want to encourage you. I want to use you in a mighty way. And he says that I did not go to him and to them because I was concerned about your faith. I wanted to show you something. I wanted to increase your faith. I wanted to do something that would cause you to understand that you can't do it on your own. That without me, you can do nothing. I wanted to give you a message that's really incredible. I wanted to show you that you don't have an idea of how I work. You might think you know how I work, but you don't know how I work. And believers today, those that have been called to do the great work of Christ, we must understand something that's very important, is that when God delays in answering the prayers of those around us, he has a purpose in mind. And that's what he did with Martha and Mary. He allowed Lazarus to die for their benefit. Why? Because he loved Lazarus, and he loved Mary and Martha, so why would God allow things to happen to those who he loves that seems like they would harm? Because we don't have the perspective. We lose the perspective so easily because we look on paper and we look at the word of God and we say, God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This is what I would do. Adol's favorite verse in the scripture says, God honors those that honor him. What do I think when that says, when I read that and interpret it? that all I have to do is give to God, to be faithful to God, to do the things that I think pleases God, 
and then he will do for me what I think he'll do for me. He'll honor me. How will you honor me, Lord? The way I perceive you'll honor me? Or will you honor me in a way that you knows what's best? Faith tested. Their faith was so really kind of immature that he said, I'm going to let a person die so that I can show the glory of God so that you will see the power of God so you will recognize who I am. Because they still thought of him as maybe being a man. He says, for the glory of God and so that the son will be glorified. You will look at the son differently when you see this miracle. And that's what happened. When God allows problems to those around us, he is working on elevating our faith. Because in the end, he will be glorified. And when you look at them, when you see Lazarus being resurrected, their faith was increased. Why, God, did you delay? Because I wanted you to trust me more. I wanted you to have a deeper trust in me than you had before. You don't understand how important it is that faith is supreme in your life, that you cut all the strings that are tying you to your own flesh, your own power, to this world, and understand that without me, you can do nothing. So he looked at these men, and he says that, I'm glad. Can you imagine that? I'm glad that he died. No. I'm glad that I allowed him to die because I love you so much. I want to encourage and build your faith and make you into a different vessel so that you can be used by me. I have a purpose in mind for me allowing him to die. It's so that your faith is increased. And I read something where it says that it seems to me to be the best education they could possibly receive for their future ministry. He says, I think I see the apostles in after time shut up in prison and they were condemned to die. But Peter comforts John by saying he can bring us out of prison. Do you remember how he brought Lazarus from the grave? Can you imagine the apostles after Jesus has left, how they went out and turned the world upside. We're talking about 12 men that turned the world upside down because he said in the beginning, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to train you to be men of God that you will have a certain relationship with me, a certain faith, a certain power, a certain influence, that you will turn the world upside down. And they went into prison. They went into places where they were accused of being just enemies, and they had the faith of Christ because he trained them with messages like this and experiences like this. And when they're in the jail, 
They're looking at each other, says, he raised Lazarus, he can raise us. And I say that to each one of us. He raised Lazarus, he can raise us to do the work he's called us to do. But we need to understand, faith needs to be tested. Faith needs to be built up. Faith needs to have all the shackles removed. There's a different kind of faith Christ says you have to have, and that's what happened in that experience with Lazarus. Your faith is weak, and it's not worthy of the work that I've called you to do. And our faith needs to be worthy of the work that we're called to do today. May he create Lazarus-type experiences for each one of us who are servants today so that we can raise our faith to another level because the work needs it. We don't need to be in a situation where we look and say, I don't know what to do, and start fretting. And then Satan reaches his hand in there and just shakes us up, and all of a sudden we get shaken and the work gets stopped. He says, no, your faith needs to be here so that the work continued to go. Now, the faith of the, the family, the sisters, he was looking at their faith, too, because they had a weak faith. And what does he say? He says, sisters went to him saying, Lord, behold, him whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, the sickness is not unto death. We know that. And we know that he stayed there longer. And we know it through them. And we know that their troubles were just unbelievable. And then we understand that when he came to them, what did he say? He says, your brother shall rise again. But what did Martha come to him and say? She went to him and she said, Lord, if you had been there, and this is in verse 21, my brother would not have died. That was her faith. And when Mary came to him, she fell down on his feet and said the same thing. If you had been there, our brother would not have died. Meaning, your plan was wrong. We called. You didn't respond. Our brother's dead. But if you had been here, it would have happened. And Jesus said, don't you worry. Don't you worry. He will rise again. And she still didn't, Martha didn't get it. She said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection. He says, no, you don't understand. He will rise again. Today, he'll rise again. I am blown away at how much God does love us. Because when he dealt with Mary and he came to her and she fell down on his feet, and he looked at all those around him, and they were all falling apart. And this is in verse 32, where she came to Jesus, and she saw him. She fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And it says that he wept. Why did he weep? He weeps all the time for us when we're hurting. That's our God. He weep, he wept because he was concerned about her. He was concerned about all those that were hurting. The faith of Mary 
and Martha is very important. Those who are going through the experience, I want you to understand, Mary and Martha had the biggest head, the problem. They were hurting. And God's son wept with them. He wept. Why? Because he loved them so much he could understand their pain. He could understand their pain. And Christians who were in the heavy trial, Lazarus-type trial, Jesus understands your pain. And he cares. He sees it. And he says, Lazarus shall rise again. The problem will be solved. My way. Do you trust me? Do you believe this? Faith tested. Then you have the third group. And they're a scary group. Because if you go to verse 36 and 37, it says, The Jews were saying, Behold how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of him who was blind have kept this man from dying? These are the ones that are looking out and saying, Wait a minute. You said that he was the son of God. The others the observers, the people who are looking in our face saying, you said your God would come through. You said he would never leave you nor forsake you. You said he would not let you lose your job. You said he would not let you lose your marriage. You said all these things about your God. Look at you, the others. There was one group that looked at him and says, oh, how he loved them, and they were encouraged. And they came to a faith in him. The others are a scary group. Because some of people in here, you could be in the other group. That group that says, what do you mean this God is faithful? What do you mean he's so great? What do you mean? I'm looking around at Christians and you guys don't have it together as much as you say you do. I'm looking at your lives and I'm not impressed. Look at, you said your Savior would do this. I look at you and I say, why did you lose your home? Why did you lose your marriage? Why did you lose your job? The others. They were there, and they're here. They haven't gone anywhere. The same people. The others. Even after it says in 43, when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who had died came forth bound hand and foot, wrappings in his face, was wrapped around in cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. He came forth. He was a dead man. And he came forth. And Jesus says, unwrap him. You servants, now unwrap him so we can use him. But says there were many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done and believed him. In him. There were many who saw that and were saved. They said, I see the power of God. I understand. I believe. Three groups. 
the apostles, the servants. God says, I'm allowing tribulation and difficulty in your life and others' lives so you can grow in your faith. I'm testing your faith. I'm growing your faith. I'm evolving your faith. I'm making you useful for me because I need to use you in a different way. I don't need you to be inept. I don't need you to be weak. I don't need you to be just looking around, being washed and, and blown around by all the world's philosophies and things. I need you to be strong in the word, so I'm going to show you miracle after miracle, but you need to look at them and understand that you don't know my ways, you don't understand, but you need to stay focused and committed to me and keep your faith strong because I need to use strong Christians. I can't use weak ones. So I'm going to allow situations to increase your faith. And for Mary and Martha, he says, I'm going to increase your faith, too, because your faith is weak. Don't ask me, why didn't I come? Don't question me. I'm faithful. I can be counted on. When I say I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you. Don't try to figure out how I'm going to bless you. What if God says, I'm going to let you walk this walk until you reach the gates of heaven? I'm going to let you have this weight this toil until you reach the gates because what because it is good for you I'm glad that you're going through that because your faith is more important to me I want to use you in a way you can't understand we need to stop putting God in a box and interpreting scriptures the way we need to interpret it and just trust our God surrender our lives to him and say Lord whatever you bring I accept whatever you want I give you whatever you say I say yes and I'm not going to question you and say, why did you do it this way? Why did you answer the prayers? Why did you let me lose my home? Why did you let me lose my marriage? Why did you let me lose my job? Why did you let me, let me, let me? Why did you? I don't have a right to ask you anything and question you because you are God. And you deserve to be on the throne. In every area of my life, I need to surrender to you and I don't need to question anything. If I truly want to be used by you, I need my faith tested. And everybody in this room, we need our faith tested every single day. We need to blow off all the, just the, the dross and the sin that so easily entangles us and run the race that God has called for us. Why? Because that's his will, that's his purpose, that's his delight. That's what God wants. What do we want? Put it aside. It's not what I want. It's what he wants. And that last group is a real interesting group, the others. Because it says that, you understand that after he raised, you're talking about a man in the grave four days. And the sisters were like, what do you mean you're going to raise him? Don't tell him to come out. He stinks. He's ugly. He's deformed. Come out? No, Christ, you don't understand. He says, I made that body. I understand. And he comes forth. Kind of flies out. It doesn't, it's a grave. It's down. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what you're thinking, but he was bound. Couldn't walk. That's the power of God. The power of God says, Come out, and he came out. 
And then they unbound him. And, and then the others, the others are looking at him, and some believe. Some of you today can say, I see the power of God in Christian's life. I believe. I need to believe. Do you understand that what Christ did that day, he says, no matter how bad things are, I can change them. And Christians that have had God transform our lives are walking testimonies like Lazarus, where we were dead in our sins and trespasses, gone, gone. And God turned our life around. We're Lazarus, and the world looks at us and should be amazed because anybody who's walking hopelessly, when they look at a Lazarus-type Christian who's been resurrected from the dead, I was dead in my sins and trespasses, and he made me alive. They should be encouraged, and may we understand that. We need to have that kind of faith where we are examples. When the world looks and sees that, that they're drawn to want to know the Savior that did that. And it says, many, therefore, of the Jews who had come to Mary and behold it, believed in him. Why? Because they saw the power of God. Do people see the power of God in you and me? Do they see it? They have to see it. That's why our faith has to be tested. That's why our faith has to be just put under a rock and just beat. Beat me, Lord Jesus. Beat me any way you need to beat me. Just conform me to your image. Whatever you have to do, Lord, make me the man of God you want me to be so I can be a Lazarus, so people can look at me and say, I want to believe in his Christ because look at what he did to him. He was dead and ugly, and now look at him. Look at this man now. But 46 says, but some of them went away. Are you going away today? Some went away. Can you imagine a man bound comes out of a grave and you go away? Go away where? Where are you going? They went to the Pharisees and reported it like, okay. And the Pharisees tried to kill Lazarus because they hated Lazarus because many came to a faith because of Lazarus. But those others kind of scare me. Why would you go away? Why wouldn't you believe? Many churches all around the world, ministers and preachers are giving the gospel and preaching the good news and sharing the good news about Christ, how he loved us, how he paid the price, how he rescued us, how he died for us, how he wants to give us a new life, how he wants to bless us and encourage us and give us hope, and people go away. That shows you the power of Satan, too, and the power of sin and our character. I hope somebody has a glimmer today of this Christ that we're talking about and that you won't go away today without him. And Christians, I like this. It says, faith came singing into my room and the other guests took flight. Fear, anxiety, grief, and gloom sped out into the night. I wondered that such peace would, could be, but faith said gently, don't you see? They really can't live with me. They can't live with me. Fear, anxiety, grief, gloom, can't live with me. Faith. God is pleased with our faith. Nothing pleases God more than faith. 
It's impossible to please him without having faith. And there's so many other things we can say, but we're not. I'm going to trust God that he will talk, that he will lead, that he will direct hearts, that he will direct decisions, that if there's anybody here today, you'll say, I don't want to go away. If you don't know him, may you say today, I don't want to go away. The miracle is too big. The God is too grand. The message is too great. The love is too immense for me to just say, no thanks. And Christians, let's just ask God to test us. Keep probing. Keep elevating. Keep building. Keep transforming so that we can walk the walk that he wants us to walk and not to question him any step of the way. He doesn't deserve our questioning. He just deserves our faithfulness and our loyalty. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that we just have a a life that is not even... I don't deserve the life that you've given me, Lord Jesus. But there's a walk that you want me to walk and you want others to walk, and I pray that you would have your way, that I would allow you to have your way, that I would trust you and obey you, that I would have the faith, and that when you do test me, that you'd find that this man's faith is gold. And I pray that for all the believers today. And I pray for anybody today who has witnessed a glimmer of Christ's love today in the power of the Lord Jesus, that they would say today that I want to make a decision and that they would make a decision right now and that they wouldn't leave this place, that they would actually make a commitment to tell somebody that today I want to come to know the Savior. They would not walk out of these doors that they would go to a brother or sister here and say, I want to be saved. I pray that, Lord Jesus. And I just pray that your words were a blessing to you, Lord. And pray this in your name. Amen.